We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, into the 11 o'clock hour. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Jed Marshall producing the show. Coming up in 45 minutes, we're heading out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, we did not hear from Andy yesterday with the week scrambled a little bit because the, the Chiefs and most of the league playing on Saturday. And then uh, we do have Christmas Day football, though, if you look at the, the slate on Christmas Day for the NFL games. On paper, before the season, like, oh, these are really good. Now you look, oh, there's not. Is the best one the Packers? I guess because now they, you know, they got a chance to maybe go on a run yeah. and make things interesting. But the, the Saturday is the real slate for the NFL. And so the Chiefs, of course, will host the Seattle Seahawks. We'll hear from Andy perhaps on the kicking game a little bit. I know that'll be a question that gets asked. Uh, so that's coming up around 1145. There is some uh, Royals news coming out just a few minutes ago. A little bit of breaking news from Mark Feinstein that Jordan Lyles, veteran pitcher, signing a deal with the Royals for two years, $17 million. That's the second veteran pitcher the Royals have signed in the last week. Last week it was Ryan Yarbrough, uh, who, of course, was on a one-year deal. Lyles has bounced around, Cody. Uh, he He's played with a lot of teams. over, man. 12 years in the big leagues. He pitched for the Baltimore Orioles last year, won 12 games for them. Maybe the number two pitcher you know for this staff, number three? I, if he's your two, that's a problem. I know, but I'll, who, I'll, start, but who I'll else, start there. Who else is it, man? Um, who else is it? There are reasons to like and dislike the trade or the, the, the signing. The reasons to like it are Jordan Lyles would show up in the dictionary of perfectly average pitcher. There's nothing really wrong with what he does. He shows up, he's healthy, he pitches average, especially in the late in the you know the more recent parts of his career. He is a pretty league average starter. Now the problem is sometimes with league average starters they have ERAs north of 5. And sometimes with league average starters, they have ERAs closer to the mid to lower fours. He's never in his entire career had an ERA below four. So there is no, and don't let anyone convince you that there's some massive upside of they're just going to unlock something he's never seen before other than the... He's 32 years old. Too. I guess he'll get to pitch at Kaufman, which will be a benefit. Yeah, But he's... He's fine. You know, for the most part, he's okay. It's not, you know, again, it's not like he's coming off some tremendous year. He's coming off a pretty good year for Baltimore. He will eat innings and start for you. He should be your five. If he is your five, Ooh, see, I live uh, my life comfortably knowing that that's a perfectly okay fifth starter to have on your roster. How confident are you that he's the fifth, though, Code? I'm with you that based on what you're you're laying out there, uh, on, on a team that's contending, he either should not be in your rotation or he should be your fifth starter. I'm I'm not as convinced maybe as you are that he's only the fifth starter for this team. I mean, right right now, 
uh, if you take a look at the rotation, what? Brady Singer. Now, Yarborough, I guess, could be a bullpen guy, but maybe he gets an opportunity in the rotation, Cody. And so then you start looking at potential other options. Like, I I don't know if Lyles is actually the fifth start. He might be a little bit higher up in the rotation. Now, one good thing, he does eat innings. Only 14 pitchers have thrown more innings over the past two seasons. So I agree with that. He probably should be a fifth starter. I just don't know on this Royals team, as things currently stand, that he's the fifth and not the if he, third. If he's anything above that, then the rotation is bad. I mean, well, that's, that's think just... I mean, do you, I mean, what makes you think it's going to be good? I don't know. I mean, John Heyman's reporting the Royals are still interested in rotation help. They're still interested in Zach Grinke. So let's say, let's just call Grinke. Okay. And now Jordan Lyles, who signed a two-year, $17 million deal, according to Mark Feinsand with the Kansas City Royals. That has not been made official by the Royals yet, but that's all the report. The reporting last night is that they were close. So let's say it's Grinky and Lyles, four or five. We know their one is Singer. Mm-hmm. So we can start there. I assume still that two and three on this team will be made up of the young starters that they hope work out. I know that that is optimistic to say Daniel Lynch is your two. And that probably speaks to a different set of problems <laughs> Based on the level of performance he or Bubich or Bolin or other guys have had to this point, or Brad Keller or Carlos Hernandez, who we thought was the two going into the year. But to me, out of those five guys, six guys, core, I don't care how many guys you want to throw in the mix, you put all those young pitchers into a blender, you take them down to Arizona, and you take your new pitching development, and you say, turn two of those guys into our two and our three. It'll be a below average two and a below average three. But then you can be where the rest of the league is at four or five. And you can be, you know, you can be good with your one based on the way Singer pitched. If you can, then to me, you have the makings of a league average rotation. Because that's about as high as I'm willing to go ceiling-wise for this team anyway. As far as I can get. The best I can do for April 1st next year, whatever opening day is. April 1st next year is... They have a chance at being league average. That's best case scenario, unless all of a sudden they're going to start spending money on pitchers that I'm not familiar with. 17 million, too, if we're just keeping an eye like where the pitching market is at, though, and maybe that's also perhaps uh, something that can complicate the, the Zach Greinke situation if he wants to come back, but also what's what's out there on the free agent market. Uh, two years, $17 million contract for Jordan Lyles, who we're basically saying is just an average guy. That's the going rate. That's the going rate, rate right? I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, that's two years, $17 million is the going rate for an average This all pitcher. goes back to the same thing. It's like, this is why you should be offering Brady Singer money. Like, I, I know that some of these pitchers haven't worked out. Carlos Hernandez, you thought you could have paid. Maybe he was going to work out. Or Brad Keller, we had talked about as a potential extension candidate, and now it looks like you. But the, here's the thing. You're going to take three of these starting young pitchers. You're going to have to trust the ones you put the trust in, and you're going to have to buy some years out. You're going to have to take some risks. Because if you don't and they do work out, you'll at this rate, until you prove to me that it's going to go differently, I don't know how you're going to afford them. This is funny because, like, John Sherman, right around the time they were doing the stadium talk, mm-hmm. he said, hey, we're making moves. Just you wait. He and said, we'll like, keep an eye out on the waiver wire. Yeah. And they have. They're not waiver wire, just the wire in general, transaction wire. And uh, they have signed two pitchers since that, that comment. Ryan Yarborough and now... Uh, if you're just joining us, Jordan Lyles, according to Mark Feinstein, signing with the Royals on a two-year, going to be one of the most expensive players dollars. on the team at eight, well, nine million dollars a year because of how cheap. Yeah, because of how cheap the payroll was set up uh, based off of the what was on the books. Yeah, it actually moves it to the. To I mean, who would make more than top, him? Maybe top five suddenly. Dozier, Salvi. Dozier, Salvi. Who are we missing? Oh, I, uh, that's it. I'm looking at it right now. 
He would be the second. What was Michael A. Taylor making? Not only that, trade he would be the second highest paid player on the entire <laughs> roster. Michael A. Taylor this year is scheduled to make $4.5 million in base. Hunter Dozier is scheduled to make 7.25. Lyles would make 9.5. That would make him the eight and a half. That would make him the second highest paid player on the team behind Salvador Perez's $20 million. But that also goes back to the same thing of like, of course, they should be looking for more help. They should be looking for a right-handed corner outfielder, or they should be looking for another rotation arm because I know and I understand that the the numbers are still up there a little bit because of some other guys that you have or are not paying, but the, <laughs> you still don't have that big of a payroll. And you have a young roster that, to me, you have to spend a little. Like, I know that we usually say with the Royals, they'll spend money when it matters. But to me, you can't really know what you have if you don't at least spend a little. You're not challenging them to be competitive. Well, it's at least challenge them to be league average. Put some of these players to the test. If you surround them with nobodies and you run into this problem, Lyles is at least he's not a league. Maybe he's a little below league average starter is probably a better way of putting it. But it's it, it's not the kind of sign he's going to get you excited. But if he's your fifth starter, again, it's fine. Two years, seventeen million, I, fine. It's not a risky deal. I hope he ends. I hope he ends up being the fifth. I just again, I'm not as confident that that's all he'll be. Uh, for this team and, and not not that I think he's going to out outperform being a fifth I just wonder in Kansas City with this rotation you might, might we get to the end of the year it's he's there because if he's their second starter then this is a very we'll see team. what other moves they we'll see what other moves they make I, I get your point about like you, you got to still put together a team where you feel like you can find out more about the core but also remember I mean what we, we were discussing the first part of this past season I mean we'll be doing we'll having a similar conversation if Vinny and Massey and Bobby Witt and Melendez, let's say they're all hitting. But if the pitching is what we potentially could be looking at again, then you're going to have a team that is going to be sitting there in the fourth or fifth inning and still down seven to three because you don't have the pitching. You know it, what I mean? Like we're going to be sitting there on a lot of nights where the offense actually has put up three or four runs in the first four or five innings, but because of pitching, they're down seven to four. Already, By the way, also, if Jordan Lyles is getting two for 17, well, that's the My issue. guess is that the Grinky number is 13, 14, 15 a year. Well, that's where it's trending. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. I think I think Zach Grinky might be a $15 million a year pitcher now. He's, he was a lot better than Jordan Lyles last year, or he was better than Jordan Lyles last year. And obviously, over the course of his career, he's been better. I understand that Zach Grinky isn't the innings eater that Lyles has been over the course of that time, but... Zach Greinke last season had a lower ER. I mean, the only thing that, that Lyles would have had more than him of is strikeouts. Zach Greinke posted a 3.68 ERA. I just told you Lyles has never posted an ERA below four. So, and I, there was reports a couple days ago that the Royals and Greinke had gotten close on a deal, but the Greinke's number had started to go up. What was the reason the, um, why Greinke's number goes up because of a deal like Jordan Lyles. What was it? Two years ago, the Royals signed Mike Miner, and that was two for 18. Yeah. This is two for 17. And Miner, to that point in his career, had had more success. Yeah, it's just where the market's at. Interesting. It's it's basically the identical contract they just handed out. Because when the Royals paid Mike Miner, he was coming off a season very similar to Jordan Lyles. 4.77 ERA. He had started in 25 games. He was very consistent. But the year before that, he had posted a 3.21. The year before that, a 4.12. Both of those ERAs would be below the lowest ERA ever posted. And he was a 26-year-old starter at that point. Right, I mean, he wasn't even, like gold. He was coming off, he, like he was still a young starter. Lyles is certainly in that he is who he is. Cam. But they're making the same amount of money. I mean, I, it's two years later, and the market's different, and all yeah. that. But that's that's what's kind of crazy, just to think about that. So the Royals signing Jordan Lyles, 
uh, according to multiple reports now, uh, two years, $17 million. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the, the rest of the show and, and get back to that in just a little bit. Reminder, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes coming up at 11.45 out at Arrowhead. You'll hear them live here on 610 Sports Radio. Let's get back to the Chiefs, though, because uh, we, we were discussing uh, earlier in the show, uh, you know, the feeling and the confidence right now at this point compared to this point in 2019, compared to this point in 2020. And the reason why I think we're asking the question is because as I pointed out yesterday on the show, there was nothing in the Texans game that uh, relieved you of any concern from turnovers, special teams, mistakes, whatever it may be. And I'm still more worried about the turnovers than even the red zone struggles to a certain extent, because when you look at the turnovers, both nine, offensively nine, and defensively, yeah, well, nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, well, they're, not offensively. That's been not, nine straight games though, Cody with a turnover by the offense. And you look at, the turnover differential, they're worse than the Texans now. They were tied yeah. going in. They are worse than the Texans in turnover differential. Somehow they've won 11 games. It's incredible. It's because it's, somehow uh, it's because overall, having they, Mahomes is good. overall the offense is the best offense still in football. But I'm still more worried about the turnover margin than I am overall the, the defensive unit. And I know you may say, well, if you felt better about the defense, the turnovers won't be as problematic. Okay, so but it goes back for... I don't care if you were watching football in 2022, football in 1995. The turnover margin is like the, the most, one stat the most, that still matters. The most cliche for a reason thing we all say. Well, if you lose the turnover battle, you're probably going to lose the football game. Like It's the most cliche thing, but there's a reason why it stays that way and has the staying power because it's true. The Chiefs have been able to buck that trend a couple times against the Jags earlier this season. They turned the ball over three times. They were able to win that game. That's not normal. You're not supposed to be able to three do that. Three times against Denver. Three times game. against Denver. You know? Well, here's the – so I want to give the opposite answer for the purposes of radio or whatever. <laughs> Turnovers is the answer. That is a real problem. It is their single biggest problem. It also feels like their most curable problem. Just stop giving the damn ball to the other team. Pacheco was running, standing straight up yeah, with two, two hands, hands yeah. on the ball and still lost it. You know what it is? They straight up right now have the turnover yips. Everyone on that team is thinking about and worried about being the next person to give the ball away to the other team. So what's happening is they're all doing it. I'm dead serious. As a team, they once they can get through a game or two, maybe just a game, without turning the damn ball over, I really think you'll see it curb back to a normal level. But because it's in their head and it's the only thing they think about, it's the turnovers. Now, the one part, so the defense is funny because the defense as a whole doesn't send me into a panic spiral. The last two weeks feel like they should, but when you really dive into the numbers, they're only two of the worst offenses in the NFL to like 220 total yards. They're doing mostly what they're supposed to do. They're not running the ball really effectively against you. They're not passing it really effectively against you, except for one area. When you get to the red zone, the Chiefs, defense is the worst in the NFL. They give up the second highest touchdown percentage in the NFL. And that same company you keep turnover conversation kicks in there too. The teams around you in red zone scoring defense are Arizona, not a playoff team. Indianapolis, not a playoff team. Jacksonville, currently not a playoff team. Detroit, current are they the seventh seed? Detroit's not currently in, but they're right. They're on the outside. Okay, currently not yeah. a playoff team. Chicago, currently not a playoff team. Vegas, currently not a playoff team. And Miami, currently a playoff team by the thinnest of margins. So it's just, if you look through the teams and where they're supposed to be, you again are in company that would normally tell you, 
you will not go to the playoffs this year. And it's wild because it's not just that the Chiefs are going to go to the playoffs gold. It's that they have, they are currently tied for the second best record in the NFL. You are not supposed to be able to win at the rate you do doing those two things. Which, which, but I way, honestly just think they're right. going to be a bad red zone defense team all year and that the turnovers are the much more bigger problem. That's why if you're saying rank them one, two, which one concerns you more turnovers is one. Yeah, the, the the defense at this point, I don't know why all of a sudden you, we would think that the red zone defense is just going to magically get better. It's 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 late enough in the year. But, yeah, what, what's maybe the most cor- correctable turnover? Sure, but at the same time, the same you could almost make the same case, though, Cody. It's not fluky. It's is, This is a nine-game run of, of turnovers uh, on offense. It's not just a, a one-off. It's happened against good teams. It's happened against the worst teams in football. This team turns the ball over, plain and simple. Now, it's not Mahomes usually with three picks like he did two weeks ago, but it just happens. You know, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco had the had his hand on hands on the, on the ball, um, and you you can use the word fluky if you want on the juju fumble, but it's hard to use that word, man, when nine straight games every are, game it happens. They're doing it like it's it's not it's not something that's fluky anymore. This is who they are. Uh, I do agree with you that like it seems easy to say that oh well, this, that's the most correctable because you know that it just feels like the yips to me. Turn yeah, I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the yips. It just we know that the defense isn't magically going to get better in, in, in the red zone at this point. And you, you, you still have a belief that suddenly you might go a game without turning the ball over, but it's a real thing. It's not like they're unlucky. It's not, I it's will. not like they're running through a stretch where it's like, man, they just lose, you know, when they fumble the ball, they just never recover their own fumble. That's not what's going on. It's like it, the, the, the fumbles are legit. It's not like they're just not uh, lucky when it comes to the ball going on the ground and it's not the same 50 50 stuff. No, that they most keep teams. giving it away. So it's, it's a real deal and it's who they are. By the way, they are so good though. The chiefs, they still have so much talent on their roster that if they ever for one game, don't turn it over or play above average play, like only letting a team score 40% of the time in the red zone auto win. Nothing else in the game will convince me. They're not going to win that game. If you could just be like, Hey, playoff game, Cody, they're up against Cincinnati. They don't turn it over once. I'm like, and they win game over. Don't care. Anything else that happens. That's it. Because they win a large majority of their games while letting those things be a huge hindrance against them. I can't believe they're down to third worst in the NFL. There is not a single winning record until you get to Miami, who is 12 spots ahead of you in turnover differential. They are all losing teams. Saints, Colts, Bucks, Rams, Texans, Jets, Raiders, Packers, Browns, and Commanders. Right. Turns out you turn the ball over in nine straight games. You're going to, I mean, you say we can't believe it, but if I told you you're turning the ball over in nine straight games, yeah, that's probably not going to put you in the top half. And they're 11 and three. (laughs) And they're 11 and three. And that's because of, of course, one of the league's toughest schedules. Yeah. And that's that's because of, of course, overall what they have on this coaching staff, but Patrick Mahomes, an MVP candidate, the favorite right now to win MVP. And overall, the best offense in football. That's wow. how that's how you overcome it. Why is it a big deal on a topic? Because we know you can't do that and win three games potentially in the postseason and get to a Super Bowl. Like that's we can talk about them winning. Well, they found a way to win eleven. Yeah, you not think against. You're, you're gonna do that three games against potentially a path right now that looks like Miami, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Well, they lost to Buffalo and Cincinnati, turning it over. So. Right, we've seen it happen. Or thinking seen of, them lose to it, do that way. Thinking of the playoff uh, situation. With the Bills went over the Dolphins this past Saturday night, it it really means that this one seed is going to come down to that Bengals Bills game. I mean, Correct. I mean, we we kind of thought that was the case, but maybe you got a little excited. I think we all got. Miami give me a little hope. Yeah, we got a little excited. Like, oh, this is going to happen again. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Chicago's years been ago. scaring some teams. You don't want to give the Bears a chance. No, they've I, been they've been scaring some teams. Jed, haven't they? Come on. No, <laughs> no. 
I, I'm I'm thinking that the chance of the Chiefs getting the one seed is going to come down to that Cincy game. You should be actually, as gross as it sounds, a Bengals fan that week. Do you want to give – here's the one question I would ask. I know you yeah. want to be the one seed. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give Cincinnati that kind of confidence going into the postseason? Cincinnati probably has more they've confidence. They've taken Cody down the Chiefs, taken down Cody. the Bills. Joe Burrow strikes me as a guy. Just won their division. Joe Burrow strikes me as a guy that's got plenty of confidence to begin with, and they're certainly not fearful of the Chiefs. So I don't think them all of a sudden with a win over Buffalo changes that. No, I'd rather only have to win two games yeah. if I'm the Chiefs and get a and home And a pretty good play, chance you wouldn't have to see game. Buffalo or Cincinnati until – because if Cincinnati wins that game – they are those two teams are clearly and firmly going to be the two and the three seed, which means they're going to have to play each other in the divisional round game, which means you're getting anybody else like the one seed becomes so vital. Cincinnati can do you a massive favor by winning that game in two weeks. It is coming down to that in that game alone, probably because at this rate, I mean, we have to assume Baltimore based in the way they're playing, right? Is not going to make noise back in this division again. Like, do we think Baltimore's well, done, right? the Ravens, it depends on if you think Lamar's coming back before the end of the season. I mean, the Ravens' schedule, they have the they Falcons. Play they again. Gotta play the Falcons. Yeah, but that's, that, well, that, that actually game. helps them. Yeah, yeah, that they have a head-to-head. They can make up that. So the, the Ravens have to beat the Falcons, and then they get the Steelers. Two winnable games, especially if Lamar comes back for one of them. And then, no, I, I don't think the Ravens are completely out of it. If, if you think that Cincinnati's going to lose to Buffalo and the Ravens win out, then the Ravens still win that division. Now, if Cincinnati beats Buff- Buffalo, then it gets awfully tough to come up with the path. Uh, for that Baltimore to win the division. is actually not the worst news ever because, again, Baltimore winning the division is better. Like, if Cincinnati loses, there's still a string that plays out that's good for you because if Baltimore wins a division, that means it's the 2-3 seed line. You could take on Miami and then Baltimore. Hold off on playing Cincinnati for another week while they're the 4 seed traveling to Buffalo, and you can avoid a problem a little bit further down the road. There's It's, it's funny because I think there's like two or three playoff scenarios that are good for Kansas City. And there's only one that you actively want to avoid. And that's either Miami or the Chargers in the seven, well, Cincinnati in round two, and Buffalo in round three. There is a little bit of good news on that. You mentioned the Chargers, that because of where they're they're currently at and, and what's their happened, schedule is easy. Uh, they have an 80% chance to make the playoffs. It seems now more likely that the Chargers end up as the five or six than it does the seven. Which means they got a chance to knock off one of those teams we're talking about, like Buffalo. Correct. I mean, or so, uh, or well, Cincinnati. The, yeah, so I mean... Or you, but less likely you because you'd be the two going into the Yeah, seventh. I mean, the, the possible seating for Kansas City, they can be as high as the one, they can fall to the three. They can't fall any worse than the three, but they could still fall to the three. That, that's why if there's any que- any question about are they going to have to play week 18, the starters, the answer is yes. The Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs are going to be playing their starters in Las Vegas against the Raiders because that's going to be a game, one way, whether it's for the one seed still or whether you're trying to prevent yourself from falling to the three. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to so fall to the three. So you get at least two home games. Yeah, so that's something that, that obviously is going to factor into week 18. Coming up next, Chiefs Red Half Hour. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and just where we're at confidence-wise this year at this time compared to 2018 and 2019. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Next. Chiefs Red Half Hour, every day at 1130 on Cody and Gold. 
Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll head out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Also, Nate Taylor from The Athletic going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour. We were talking about the, the turnover concerns and everything in the last segment, but what, what's your feeling right now compared to years past? Because I think we all, in 2019, had a level of confidence that, okay, things are really rolling in the right direction. Yeah, the team is in a similar spot record-wise as they were in 2019 and has a chance still to be the number one seed, uh, but the defense was on an uptick. The defense was playing like a top-10 defense. So how confident are you compared to a year ago at this time, compared to 2020, 2019, even 2018? Because the one thing that is still different about 2020, which, of course, was the year where the Chiefs ended up losing in the Super Bowl, uh, to the box was remember they were hurt they were banged up on the offensive line going into the postseason that was the the eric fisher and mitchell schwartz injuries that were going on they're actually pretty healthy knock on wood at this point it looks like with three games to go and they were winning a lot so like i went back through the 2021 the 2020 schedule i'm like all right was it was it revisionist history right gold was i remembering it because i know that they go on to do great they go on to go to the super bowl or they go on to win the Super Bowl. Well, in the year they won the Super Bowl, 2019 heading into 2020, they finished the season beating the Raiders 40-9, the Patriots 23-16, the Broncos 23-3, the Bears 26-3, the Chargers 31-21. Like, I mean, you were feeling good. Their defense was playing as good as you had possibly seen the year after when they're heading towards the Super Bowl, towards Tampa Bay. Same thing. They just were winning, and they were blowing, and they, and they had some blowouts, Close to it, and I understand. Now, maybe not, because we understand that they blew that big game against Cincinnati, but we mostly viewed it as a fluke at that time. They were coming off a dis- destruction of the Steelers and a good win against the Chargers in overtime and a destruction of the Raiders and an easy win against Denver. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it felt like it was building up. This time, nothing has felt easy. And I think that that's kind of where the concern level is this is why i can't put it above either of those years going into the playoffs but it's still better than 18 when they had the league's worst defense and i would say last year you could make an argument that this felt pretty similar couldn't you like if if i told you right now that this is kind of how you felt going into last year would you agree or disagree because i don't remember them riding some hot streak to postseason success we were worried about the other teams in the AFC, albeit maybe just one team in Buffalo. They didn't have the number one seed again, but we knew the team you feared the most. The, the Titans had the one seed, so you didn't care. Like this year, Buffalo could have it. That's not the team you want with the one seed. That's why the confidence to me is like the second lowest at any point in the Mahomes going into the postseason. It's schedule. It's the way they're playing. It's the problems they've had. I and I understand they can still win the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to pretend yeah, like they can. Look, they still have, uh, you know, one of the, the second best odds I think it is now uh, to, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they I, they still have as good of a chance, I believe, as just about anybody uh, to, to come out of the AFC. Uh, it's just not the gap that you're used to. That's why the confidence is as high. It's not as clear for you to sit here going into the postseason in three weeks and say, oh, they're clearly the best team in the AFC or they're the clear second best team. Because they were playing better football going into the postseason last year. They were. You can make a case that the Chiefs are either the best, the second, or the third best uh, in the AFC. It's not It's not the the standard, oh, they're clearly the best or the second best. You, you could actually still make a case because of what Cincinnati's doing right now that the Chiefs are actually the third best team in the AFC. Doesn't mean that they don't have a chance to – 
to go ahead and, and get it done. I think the competition plays a huge role in where confidence is at because we're seeing the quarterback play. Uh, you saw Joe Burrow beat Mahomes for a third straight time. We know what Josh Allen's capable of doing, even if you have beat them in the postseason. And then further down now, like Tua's having a good year. Lamar Jackson still is a threat if he gets healthy. He's still a threat. Uh, the Chargers are extent. playing good football. So it's just, it's just a tougher path. So this is the same answer, I think, for a lot of these teams in the AFC. But this year... It, it, it's not nearly as it, it, it is wide open, but it's it's not the hey, if you can only get past this one team, you feel great. No, like all these teams could still lose in their first game. You, you know what I mean? Like it would not stun you if Buffalo lost their first playoff game. I'm not saying they won't be favorites. The Chiefs will be favorites. The Bills will be favorites. Cincinnati will be favorites. Whoever they play in their first playoff game, they'll they'll, be they favorites. will all be favorites. But it would not truly surprise you. Other than what? If the Patriots were the seventh seed and they beat two seed Buffalo or two seed Kansas City. Rate, that would be a surprise. But at but this that's rate, about the, it. the AFC playoff picture is turning out exactly the way we thought it was going to uh, before the season. So for all of the like... Ha ha, let's make fun of the bad teams that are going to make the playoffs in the AFC, the Jets, the Patriots of the world. It's shaking out where the seven best teams in the AFC are going to be the seven teams in the AFC playoff field, right? Bills, Chiefs, Cincinnati, Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins. The only, the only like ha ha jokey team is the AFC South winner. And it doesn't really matter. Now, all of a sudden, I'd be way more fearful if Jacksonville made it. Tennessee's lost four straight, I think. So, and one Jacksonville's playing much better football. So, yeah, I guess there's one team, one team who is currently slated to make the AFC playoff field where I'm like, I don't fear Cincinnati or Kansas City or Buffalo losing to them. Okay, that's it. Just Tennessee. And the way the seating's lining up, it's going to be very hard for Buffalo or Cincinnati or the Chiefs to be playing Tennessee. Tennessee is definitively going to be the four seed if they make the postseason, which means they're definitively going to play the five seed. And the five seed can't be any of the other three teams we mentioned unless the Ravens go on to beat Cincinnati in their own division, which I don't think is going to occur. So at this point, Tennessee and Baltimore seems almost, or Tennessee and the Chargers seem almost locked into the five. So it's just, and that feels like giving one of those two teams, a team that is better than the Tennessee Titans, a free pass into the next round a free chance to take you on in the next round, which makes it just all feel alive again. I just feel like I'm like at a five. I feel so like right now, and I hope that over the next three games it changes, but right now the Chiefs aren't doing anything other than move the ball in a game well enough to make me be like, yes, because they're moving the ball. They're getting yardage. They're getting up and down the field, but the scoring's inconsistent. The red zone defense is inconsistent. The uh, turnovers are obviously a huge problem. It just feels like you're kind of stuck. Coming up next, we'll continue the Chiefs Red Half Hour when we head out to Arrowhead. You're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and uh, get Andy Reid's thoughts on this kicking game a little bit. Well, first time he'll be able to address maybe uh, the notion from Dustin Colquitt that it's been Tommy Townsend in the holding just as problematic in this kicking game. Next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.